1: Well, I think most of us feel like, you know, the public library is a place where you can be safe, you can do some learning, relatively yeah, quiet. You can bring
2: your kids yeah. and they can read a little bit and you can read a little yeah. bit. It's a great I used to take my kids to the public library in Pray all the time yeah. when I lived there because it was just such a fun place. It was an activity, for something to do on a cold day. And loved m- it.
1: I guess maybe we shouldn't be surprised that there are some security issues with people who are obviously freely allowed to use the library and it's made the news now where Hennepin County Library is banning some hundreds of people because of incidents. And we thought we'd reach out to the Hennepin County Library Director, Scott Dimestraw, who now joins us on the John Schuster Cobalt Banker Hotline. Scott, let me just ask you blatantly here, how safe uh, is the library system in, in Hennepin County?
3: Sure. Well, I'd like to start off just by thanking you for giving me the opportunity sure. to talk Absolutely. about the library system. Thank you. Uh, I would say it's very safe. So, uh, within a year, uh, looking back at our our stats for 2023, we had over uh, two million visitors, so 2.8 million visitors. And when you see uh, the amount of incidents that occur, uh, it's it's a fraction of those 2.8 million visits. But what we try to do is We look at behavior and we try to ensure a a safe space for when individuals and families visit the library as well too. So part of that, uh, when you look at at, uh, society, anything from um, those struggling with shelter, food insecurity, substance abuse, or mental health challenges, us being a public space, they make uh, their way into our public space as well too. So one of the things that we do is is look at ensuring uh, not only the safety of individuals coming in, uh, dealing with some of those issues, but the safety of every single person that steps through our doors.
2: And we know and the article in the, in the Star Tribune is an interesting one that often you try to get people or, or library employees will help people that are hungry, find a food shelter or, you know, a food shelf or help people that are homeless, you know, give them resources. But still there are people that have been banned from the library. 534 people have been banned from County libraries. Uh, that was in 2022. So Scott, what kind of stuff gets you banned from the library? Like, are they snorting coke? Are they, uh, you know, shooting up? Are they, uh, w- w- what gets you banned?
3: Sure. So the the top reasons uh, for someone being banned from the library are are kind of what you mentioned. So drug use, um, assaults, mm-hmm. or threats from other individuals. So think of behavior that is going to create an unsafe environment. So you talked about visiting the library with your family or, or as an individual as well, too. Uh, Those are those are events or activities that would um, not be allowed in any space and and primarily a space um, that is a public space like a library. So for us, it's not something that we take lightly. Um, If we are going to deny someone access to their library and and ban them uh, for any amount of days, uh, we want to ensure that um, the activity or the behavior that they're doing fits uh, the reason that they are banned from the library. But it usually is related to drug use, assaults Mm -hmm. or threats.
1: And there's been some pushback to those bans. I guess, to, to me, it seems obvious that people who behave badly uh, would be banned. Uh, but wh- why is this, I guess, a contentious issue, uh, if it is such, where, where, where we have groups, I guess, pushing back on some of these bans?
3: Sure. I think with anything, I mean, if you uh, think of a public library, you think of a welcoming space where where we uh, anyone can come through the doors. And so I talked about... Uh, individuals dealing with shelter, food insecurity, substance abuse, or mental health challenges, they are more than welcome through our doors, as with any resident of Hennepin County. Uh, but what some people might push back on is when we would actually deny someone access to the library. So if we ban them, say, for 30 days or, or 90 days, uh, what type of behavior would they do that would justify that? And so, again, for us, uh, working with our library staff and working with our security We make sure that if someone is not allowed back in the space, that that ban fits the type of behavior that they did to actually be asked to leave the library.
2: So is it like a three strikes and you're out kind of thing or one time you get caught doing something, you're out?
3: It depends on the activity. So again, so if it's drug use and say it's it's repeated activity mm-hmm. around that, yes, okay. the ban would be longer. Mm-hmm. But we usually look at at what the activity is, and primarily it is, like I said, around uh, drug use or or mm-hmm. physical violence or assault.
1: I think this uh, what's eye opening about this piece too. And by the way, we're talking to Scott Dymstraw, Hennepin County a Library Director, is that I don't think a lot of people, Scott, would real uh, realize that you know you have that libraries have people in position who are counselors that uh, libraries actually become a place to go for people to get help explain uh, is this a new phenomenon or how long has it been like that because i honestly i had no idea that there would be like a counselor at a library
3: yeah thank you for asking me that that's a fantastic question and it's something that i'm so appreciative of being part of hennepin county for so we partnered with hennepin county human services to have social workers at our minneapolis central and our franklin libraries and so they, uh, within the past 18 months, work with 3,600 residents uh, who are encountering issues and help them connect to services, get help, whether it's substance abuse, whether it's, it's finding shelter, whether it's food insecurity, they're able to mesh them up with county resources to actually get help. And so uh, when, you, when you talk about the incidents that happen in a library, some of those incidents aren't necessarily negative incidents like like telling someone not to come back in the library. It actually could be a medical condition or finding services. So when we talk about having security in library spaces, a lot of times security are just helping people who are having uh, difficulty either finding food or finding insecurity or maybe having a health situation in our spaces as well.
2: And are these are these librarians turned counselors, or are they paid counselors that are on staff that you've had to invest in extra employees because this is a growing problem?
3: That's a great question as well too. So these are county employees, Henneman County employees. Okay. And, and one of the things that um, that we stress at the library is we like to focus on, that's not our skill set. We like to focus on library specific activities, reading, literacy programs. And we like to have experts who have uh, social services backgrounds to, to provide that level of service. So we actually work with the county. They're county employees, and they're working inside of our spaces in the library.
2: Tell us something good about the libraries. I And I'm, I'm guilty. I haven't been for a while. My <laughs> kids are older now. They're teenagers but I tell you, I use the public library and my kid, my okay. oldest, there's a funny story. Marley once had a book that she didn't return or lost. And she, whenever I would say to the kids, let's go to the library today. You know, it's a good day to look. No, no, no. She would always make an excuse why she, when she was a kid because she thought they were going to like arrest her because she had a book that she had lost and that they were going to take her <laughs> library card and like throw her in library jail. It was actually very sweet. But yeah. um, tell tell us something else that's, you know, happening in the library that's not about drug use or people, you know, sure. doing negative things that, that we'd want to sure. come to the libraries for.
3: Thank you so much for that question. I hope after talking with you, I kind of guilt you in coming back into yeah, the library spaces as well. Yes. We, we would love to see you back in our spaces. Um, well, one of the things that we did is um, we developed a strategic plan for kind of some focus areas for the, for the next five years. And as part of that. Uh, we wanted to survey our users on on what they thought about the library um, and what were priorities for them and how safe they actually felt in our spaces and and how how they felt about the services that we provide. And what we found were 98% of respondents felt that staff were knowledgeable, staff were engaging, staff were appreciated, and that the level of service that they got was outstanding. I mean, that tells us that we are doing a fantastic job within our libraries. We have over 600 employees who are trying to help us fulfill our mission of inspiring, facilitating, and celebrating lifelong learning. And so whether it's someone attending a story time, whether it's someone attending a knitting group, whether it's someone just using our space to meet, uh, we are so proud of the level of service that we're able to offer as well too. And, and kind of one very positive thing that we're doing this year is we're having a, a program called Let's Read. And so if you have a student who is struggling with reading uh, we are going to have one-on-one tutoring in our spaces to help that student become proficient in reading. And it's, the focus is K through fifth graders, so they're still getting education in schools. If they want the extra help outside of school, they can visit one of the libraries who have a Let's Read tutor, and you can find information about that on our website at hclib.org.
1: Scott, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, we'll reach out again. We appreciate uh, the update.
3: Oh, thank you. Next time you reach out, I expect both of you to be library visitors. Then, All right.
2: So. Yes, <laughs> thank Find you, Scott. Car.
1: Thank you, Scott. Scott, <laughs> i Hennepin County uh, Library Director. I will react to what he had to say, and also uh, uh, before, oh, go ahead.
2: I have a question, David. Is he off the air now, so he can't hear my next question? Is he? Is he?
0: No, he's waiting for me to say thank you to him. Do you want me to Okay, you,
2: well you go say thank you, but make sure you block him from what I'm about
1: ah, to say. Well you can't do that. You gotta ask him to do his face if you're not gonna
2: No, I'm not, it's not a question for him. It's a question for you. Okay. Adam Carter. Did you ever have sex in the library no, in college?
1: I did not. I, I rarely entered the library. That would that would require me actually going to the library on a frequent basis. Ah! So no. It didn't happen. Uh,
2: I think I know what you're you going to ask, I and I don't want to
0: let you it. ask it, Jordana. No, we I, need to move on. She already asked She already.
2: I already yeah. asked if Adam Carter ever had sex in the library in college, Come on. and I wasn't going to ask our guests. Like, do you see people having sex in the? Because that was, you know, just me being an infant, but. Now that he's off the phone and I have great respect for this man, for Adam, I needed to know the answer. I mean, because that's the thing. People are having sex in the library in college. I never did it either. I, it's probably a regret, like maybe I should have. Regret.
1: regret? That's what dorm him. rooms are for. What, why do you need to go that's to the right. library?
2: You got a roommate. I don't know. Again. Okay. So you're out there. You're nodding. You're laughing. You're feigning being appalled by this. My phone number is six five one four six one nine two two six. Did you get kicked out of the library for having sex in the periodicals? Oh, nice. Next. <laughs> Texters are jumping in. Libraries are wonderful. If you haven't gone or used a library lately, check it out. They offer more than juxt- just books. Check out their streaming services. Yeah, you bet they offer more than just books. Our next guest was saying, you know, they're doing drugs. In the nonfiction aisle. I'm kidding. Yeah, of course. I love libraries. Please, let's make sure we all visit our libraries. Maybe I'll take the kids to the one on uh, Lake Street. That's where we live now. Um, I But the question I asked, of course, was totally inappropriate. If if Adam (laughs) Carter ever had sex in the library or many of the libraries at Gustavus. Trust me, if I could have made
1: it happen, I probably would have made it happen. Uh, that, again, it wasn't by your choice. That it wasn't you did. by my choice. Again, <laughs> and I didn't go to the library all that much, so it really wasn't. That. But you know, back to the conversation with Scott, and I get that, and I get, I, you know, I like I said, I was not aware, and then it makes sense once you think about it, is because okay, the libraries' doors are open; anybody can go into a library, and mm-hmm. it would make sense to have people there where you can connect someone with services in need, but at the same time. I don't blame someone like you or anybody is saying, you know what? I'd love to go downtown to the Minneapolis Library Central Library, but at the same time, if there's people there who are in crisis or something, I don't want to have to be exposed to that. I get that. Right? I and get the, that. and the, mm-hmm. I mean the picture in the article that we were referring to. I mean, there's pictures of people sleeping in the library. That is people I I used to sleep. That's I did more sleeping than sex in libraries. Let me just say, I go to the library and fall asleep in a chair. That happens all the time. But mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. but again, that's and it's the it's the same. It's it's the battle that we're having in so many other areas too about people who are struggling, who don't have houses, who are suffering from mel- yeah. mental illness or homelessness, and can't get the help they have for a variety of reasons, uh, not insignificant, of which is we don't have those services available for people. Mm-hmm. We're way behind, mm-hmm. and therefore we have. Uh, we have uh, uh, encampments we have tent cities you know, know. that uh, that know. we're moving shifting and um and we've got people in our public libraries that again might not be dangerous but it's it, it's uncomfortable for people to see that when they just want to go to the library
2: agreed but and i learned something what i learned was that they have people on staff now to deal with this yeah. because We have a problem. And if our cities are not going to fix it, where do these people go? And maybe, Adam, you know, through the library is a great way to reach people because these people might not know where to go or be in crisis. And I love that we're using our libraries as outreach. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, these libraries are huge. You know the new one massive. downtown. I haven't been in. Have oh, you been massive. in that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's
2: it's. Massive. Oh, it must be beautiful. Yeah, it is a, it's a beautiful you, building. Yeah. There seems to be that if the libraries are a place where people are in crisis are ending up, and we have a lot of empty retail space, there just has to be a way to figure out how to solve these problems. We know we can identify the populations. We have empty space where there might be a solution. Come on, cities, figure that Minneapolis, let- let's figure this out.
0: Uh, let me chime in here. Just going back to the original um, topic was concern about safety. In about libraries. the sex? Be- no. Is it about sex? No, nope. yeah. no, nope. no. You, just- you sure can you don't I- want to pivot? Okay, hey, turn on your mic off now. Uh, the original topic about safety <laughs> in libraries and the fact that they're open, right? The doors are open and anybody can come in. <laughs> yes. And yeah. there's a piece of that that we recognize that, okay, if there's drug activity, happening in the library though that needs to be stopped uh, right. like, need to have a mechanism to yes. stop that okay that aside a library is a place where anybody of any age of any ability level of any race of any anything is welcome there and when i go which i do i take my kids to libraries and guess what we see people that look differently than us in libraries and we act they act differently yes. and again yes. drugs aside if i see somebody shooting up in the library like i'm gonna take action and yeah. remove my kids mm-hmm. and But Mm -hmm. we see a lot of people that don't look like us in libraries. And Mm -hmm. I have a choice then if I see somebody who may look like they're homeless or struggling with something. Like, do I cover my kid's eyes and run for the door? Mm -hmm. Or do I take that as a moment to say that person may have been someone who doesn't have a house? And that is why Mm -hmm. they didn't smell very well. And isn't that sad that they don't have a house? Mm -hmm. Like, what could we do to help people like that? Like, as a parent, I get to decide which one of those to do. And I think Correct. too many parents would say they want to educate their kids, but when the rubber meets the road at a yeah. library, they cover their kids' eyes and run for the door. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, can I don't you come blame. you raise
0: two-
2: my kids. No. <laughs> I, well, you, we, we really can trade, but you denied
1: job.
2: me. Such a better Such a better job.
1: <laughs> I totally get that, DJ, too. But I don't blame a parent, though, if that makes them in, in a moment there to be uncomfortable.
0: Yes, absolutely. It. And yeah. parenting's hard.
2: Mm -hmm. no it's not someone someone says at the u of m there's a meet me in the stacks area (laughs) at the u of oh i guess that's like code word for let's go get it on two people
1: have texted that in now (laughs) meet me at the stacks
2: i don't know where the stacks are but that must be a hopping place these days sorry david you had such a good point and there i went back and totally did library again I'm awful. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Just having a little fun. There's been so much serious news. We're just having a little bit of fun.
1: Well, let's keep Um, it light. We're going to talk about gossip, office gossip. I argue office gossip is 100% Mm -hmm. critical and necessary to a functioning office. I'll tell you why next when we continue with Adam and Jordana on WCCO. I reserve the right to talk behind your back as a fellow employee oh. because that is my right as an employee. And oh. you know what? Gossip, office gossip, is critical to a functioning office. Oh. How about that? Critical okay. and essential. And I'm talking about regular got- not like, you know, hurtful, um, like Aaron Rodgers saying that Jimmy Kimmel was on pedophile island. That's not... Right. God, good gossip that's that's like, bad that's libel that's, that's slander bad. absolutely but i am saying that in an american office and it's changed i know it's different with uh, work from home or whatever but still we have to be able to as worker bees talk about other people in the office most notably usually it's the higher-ups
3: your boss we can, yeah, your totally. boss
1: you can complain about your boss behind his back or her back
2: Okay. But you, I think, have taken the easy way out by limiting this to office gossip. I think the greater idea of gossip in general, the gossip of – and this was spawned – I read a piece in the Wall Street Journal this weekend about uh, a family – where a daughter sent a text to her mother saying, our family literally operates on an axis of drama and gossip that is perpetrated by Nana and possibly (laughs) you and your sisters. And she went on to say that she and her cousins didn't want to be involved in this adult dysfunction. And that is family gossip. So that's what sort of got me interested in talking about this. And look, there's lots of gossip. I mean, there's... Workplace gossip, like you're talking Mm -hmm. about. There's this family gossip. Then, of course, there's just regular old gossip, you yenta about, you know, like your friends or people in the neighborhood. gossip. Yes. Yeah, neighborhood gossip. All kinds of gossip. And
1: you know what? It's essential, and you can never, I don't think you could ever do do away with it.
2: I don't think you can ever do away with it. But the question, and and there have been studies that show after you gossip, your blood pressure goes down. Like after you sort of vent about somebody and you let it all out. It does have a healthful benefit. Uh, I say that because gossip is a terrible thing. And I'm actually anti-gossip. And I I brought it up to you. And you have a strong stance. I think the workplace might be the only acceptable place for it. Because you do have to vent about your your gig and the people that you work with. And you can't always choose the people that you work with. So, you know, there's always going to be that annoying guy who brings like – Tuna and beans for dinner and <laughs> or lunch and, and heats beans. it up and the I old don't know, tuna and
1: some, beans guy the old uh, leftover salmon uh, to put it in the <laughs> old right, microwave
2: right there's always going to be somebody that you can complain about at work and I'm okay with that but gossip is very damaging and I am can not be. perfect I do it
1: it can I, be. I do yes. we all do it can be damaging we all do. I see I think there's a line and I think gossip I, it's I think it's necessary and amongst families and everybody. I think, but there's a yes, is there a line it can reach where it becomes hurtful? Absolutely. But we all have that human nature. It's human nature to say, God, can you believe what Jordana wore to that party? I mean, can you believe that? I mean, it's not like hurtful, or is that hurtful?
2: I mean, isn't it though? <laughs> Don't you do it because it makes you feel better about what you wore. You know, Adam, there are very strong rules about gossip in Judaism. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, throw really? a little Judaism Uh-oh. at you, but um, it's called Lashon on Lashon Lush on in Hebrew actually translates to evil tongue. Okay, and it talks it, it's it says like that when you speak negatively or harmfully about a person, even if it's true, it's still damaging. So we're even talking, like, for example, it might be true that that person wore a terrible dress, like what you're telling me, Mm -hmm. but saying it out loud is very dangerous. And it used to be, at least in in Bible stories, that if you would lush on hurrah, you'd end up with leprosy. (laughs) You would get, I'm serious, you would get like these um, sores or boils or whatever. I'm not exactly familiar all that much with leprosy, but again, these are Bible stories. It's not a historical context. Our Torah is a rule book, not a history book. But The fact that you have a physical manifestation of lashon harab speaking ill of somebody means that we definitely shouldn't do it. You know there are prohibitions on it. Again, we all do it. So I mean, there are some people I know that are really good about it, but we all do it. And I do find that if you have a good sesh, if you you have a good like gripe sesh or Mm -hmm. a good. You know, bashing sesh on somebody you don't like with somebody you do like, you feel a little good after it, but is it worth it for that nick in the soul?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, again, it's the it's there is a fine line, and I'm not saying that um it cannot be damaging. Of course, it can be damaging, especially if it's yeah. you know one person and it's like a gang of people g- going against that person. I just feel mm-hmm. like it you will never prevent it, and I think that. Families, friends, will even the best of friends will always like gossip about the other.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I just mm-hmm. feel like
1: it's part of like human nature to do it. And mm-hmm. specifically, I brought up the office structure because I think that it, it is kind of. And but you know, there's probably plenty of people who, like even in an office setting saying no because that undermines a cohesive unit. It undermines what otherwise would be a you know a team the team effort. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I feel like you cannot eliminate it from happening, and I think have this,
2: have you been the subject? Oh, I'm sure of I have gossip. Oh yeah. Well, that that you know of.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of whether or not. Yes, there was a there was mm-hmm. a, there was a time here that actually mm-hmm. bore it would cross the line. Actually, that was like really? you know what. That was some serious, like, I don't want to say serious allegation, but there was Mm -hmm. something came up, and I actually confronted that person about it. I called them at home and said, I heard that uh, you said this about me, and it's completely untrue. And the person said, you know what? You're right, and I'm sorry. It was a a moment of weakness. And so, yeah, I nipped that in the bud.
2: Yeah. And how was the relationship with that person afterward? Uh,
1: he He hosts noon to three, and I haven't talked to him in about three or four years. Uh, he said some hurtful things about me, and now he's trying to direct. He's stealing my bit now, and wants people to send me snow totals, uh, which I will not stand for. Uh, and I will gossip behind his back then.
2: But no, I'd the gossip. Adam really loves snow totals.
1: Yes, <laughs> and I'm getting emails now, so thanks a lot. Um, no, I just I feel like, and especially like my my wife and all her sisters, and uh, it's like. Mm-hmm. I just that's feel what we do and the family, my family, my like it's like we talk all the time, Oh, God, can you believe what's happening? It's not that you don't love that person. And most times you won't even like bring it up with a person only if it mm-hmm. if it gets to a certain point, will you actually confront someone on the gossip. You know why? Because we love to gossip about it. So that's kind of why we do it.
2: What do you think? six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six? Is gossip a nick on the soul, or is gossip therapy? Six five one four six one nine two two six. How about there you? Is have an you essay. Have, have you ever been? If, yeah, hold on. a like there's oh, an sure, essay sorry. called "In Praise of Gossip." It's a, a scholar, Patricia Meyer Specks, wrote it, and she calls gossip healing talk, and that's why this is a really interesting conversation. Because if you're somebody, and we all have friends that are like super gossips, mm-hmm. but maybe they're healthier. Than we are because they get it all out and they put it all out there. Or, so I guess that's my question to the listeners. Like, after you gossip, do you feel better? Do you feel like it was therapy and it was healing? Or do you look back on that conversation and you say, or you feel like, God, I feel kind of crappy yeah. about that? Like, I just bashed this person. It got me nowhere. It got, I mean, maybe the person was in agreement and maybe had a good laugh or something, but does it make you feel worse? or does it make you feel better? That's my the crux of, of this question today. I agree that sometimes it's necessary, especially at the office, um, you know, and, and for bonding things. But when I read this piece on this girl who wanted nothing to do with her grandmother's gossip and her mother's gossip, I thought, oh, that's an interesting take on family dynamics. And I mean, oftentimes in families, this is where gossip starts. We all we, we gossip, not all, I mean, but many people gossip about their family. Yeah. Because all our families are crazy. We're all crazy in our own way, and that's okay to be your kind yeah. of crazy, your brand of crazy. Um. So, so when you gossip, because we all do it, friends, does it make you feel better or does it make you feel worse? And I was thinking about that, Adam. I think, I think it makes me feel worse after I do it because then I feel bad. I think like. You know, would I have said that to that person's face? No. If it was, you know, mean gossip. Yep. I mean, we started off the show. I made fun of that woman's dress. Right. That Divine Lawson or the the, yes. the woman from um, the... Ba- it wasn't the bear. Holdover. It was, uh, the, holdovers, the holdovers. Excuse me. I made fun of her dress. I said, oh, her nipples were popping out of her dress. That was crazy. Her stylist should be fired. That was gossip. Yes. Um. Do I feel better after saying that? Probably not. Was it a little bit funny and true? Maybe, but again, I I don't know that I feel better after saying that. And would I have said it to her face? Had she asked my, if she was a friend and said, "How do I look in this dress?" I would have been honest and told the truth. Like, no, that that's not okay. You need to wear something that covers your areolas more.
1: Jordani, you'll uh, be surprised. You know, <laughs> She's now online too. She wants <laughs> to uh, confront you right now about what you said. <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: That's I would feel bad. I would, and I would probably apologize to her if she called and said you hurt my feelings with what you said about my dress. Because it was gossip. I mean, it was an observation. Um, and I would feel bad about that. So I think it makes me feel worse.
1: Um, what, Do you feel
2: therapeutic after it, it's happened? And that's not, okay.
1: I mean, th- like, therapeutic is, I don't, like, not a r- wrong word for it. I just feel like... It depends. Like if you're telling it or receiving it. Too. Have you ever like mm. had someone like say, "I don't want to hear that." Like, "No, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't involve uh, myself in gossip. So don't don't tell me I, that." I have. Really? Yes.
2: Yes. Some people have said more than one person. Has said that to me. Oh, I don't want to hear anything bad about, you know, no, 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 I don't. They'll say it like I don't lush on hurrah or that's lush on hurrah that you know, like, oh, yeah, people have said that absolutely to me within conversations that I have been in. And I always think that is lofty. I think that is admirable when people don't want to engage in gossip, but also forces you to talk about something a little more intellectual which is fun. But then the need to, that you're out at an event yeah. or if your kid wants to share something or vent, you know, about roommates or something. Yeah, of course. Like that's normal conversation. So here's the deal. I can see both ways of it, but this wall street journal article sort of spawned my thinking of, Hmm. And of course there are strict laws in Judaism about lashon hara, about gossip, evil talk. And, um, I I feel that yes, we all do it, and I don't know that I don't know anybody that never does it. Yeah. But often it makes me feel worse than you, it does better.
1: You're just clearly a better person than all of us.
2: No, I'm not. I still do it. <laughs> I just did it at the beginning of the show. I'm terrible. Well, that's
1: different. I mean, you have to have an opinion <laughs> to have a radio show. That's kind of the point of the show. So <clears> we, <throat> that's what we get to <throat> gossip about <throat> people. I've been the subject of office. This is from a text six five one four six one nine two two six. Excuse me. I've been the subject of office gossip for many years mm. now. Basically, comes from the whiners and slackers. The hardworking mm. and reasonable people here respect me, and vice versa. What if this is Jerry, our caller yeah, Jerry? It
2: probably <laughs> is. So
1: all in all, I really don't mind. It keeps most of the idiots from bothering me because they think I'm an ogre.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Keeps them away from your desk. They're not coming to chit chat. Uh, gossip is the most dangerous, of course, when it's among teenagers and and of course when you're sharing something that's not true that is i've just seen it with my kids this one says something it's not true. it's awful i'm sure you've seen this with your teenagers it's so awful and even when it is true even if it's something that you don't want spread around or something personal that somebody knows it can be devastating so maybe i'm just hypersensitive to it because i have young women living in my house
1: this is what, another texture. It's what I miss most after I retired. My local hairstylist is good for it too. Sometimes you can yes. correct or stop the gossip. That's too. I mean, if it's somebody but like a friend of yours, that's happened yeah. to me too. Where somebody's telling me something about a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and I'll confront oh. them, saying, "You know, that's not exactly true." And I would right. hope that we're all big enough to do that. Yes. Yes. To yes, of not, course. to you know, st- you know, stop untruths and to defend people behind their back. That's a quality of a great person by the way someone who can do that but,
2: but think about that you're sitting in the barber chair or the the salon i mean that's what you're there for man come on if you yes. know that i mean that the 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 hairstylists are great at it and that's often part of the service you know everyone's yes. just chatting about everyone else did you see this one's hair oh this one's color looks terrible i mean it, yes. i don't have any hair remember i'm still almost bald so i'm working on it but um i know that is a, a culture thing when it comes to salons